Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Her words at the end there almost um, in a positive way haunt me. Do you understand? And so I want to pray for just a moment and uh, hopefully God will bring some understanding of what this means for our church. So let's pray. Father, we're so thankful um, for how you work. We're so thankful for being invited in. So God, today as we step into what this could mean for us and for our lives. Would you help us? Would you give us understanding? Maybe you would pray that under your breath right now. God, help me understand. Like, what are you doing in the world? And how can we be a part of it? We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. By the end of the documentary, you can feel the, the tension. It's this tension between calling and circumstances, the, the tension between men and women who have a calling as followers of Jesus to bring light into darkness with the tension of the pain and the trauma that they've walked through. I want to mention one more thing about the woman at the end who said that beautiful statement that is a wonderful thing to be in God's hands when he uses you. What a wonderful statement. She talked about leaving her husband behind in the Ukraine. What we didn't see in the documentary was that she left her husband or her husband stayed because he's a pastor of a church. He sends his family away to safety. So he stays back in Ukraine to offer light and hope and love to people in a war-torn town. Like, I, I watch this and I'm simultaneously challenged and encouraged. And I, I bet you feel similar. I'm challenged because I see their faith in the midst of really dark moments and dark circumstances and their desire, I see their desire to bring light into darkness. And I'm encouraged because God is clearly working. And I'm encouraged because we're choosing to take steps into it. 12 Stone, I'm encouraged that we've said yes, that we want to be in it with people as they rebuild their lives. Today, I want you to know what today is. Today is an incredible opportunity for us to join in with our hands and heart to what God is doing around the world. And here's a, here's a thought. Here's why a documentary like that is important. It's, it's exposure. Because when you're exposed to something outside of your immediate world, we, we all live our lives, we're busy, we have a lot of things on our calendar. But when you watch something like that, it changes your perspective. It widens your perspective. And here's what God does when he changes your perspective, because a changed perspective can lead to a changed life and a changed life can lead to changing more lives. This is why this is so important for us to be able to see what is happening in other places so that this perspective might do something in us that inspires us and ignites us to go do more of what God is asking of us. And in fact, I want you to take that thought. It's a question, and I want you to think back to what you just watched, and I want this question kind of rattling around in your mind as we move forward as a, as a prayer, and it's simply this. God, what are you asking of me? Think 
reflect back what you just watched. And as I get to teach us one truth, ask that question in your heart. God, what are you asking of me? Uh, in 2011, my dad was a pastor of a small Southern Baptist church, and uh, he took a team from that church uh, to go out and uh, to go to Uganda. And what happened in Uganda was his perspective changed, and my dad felt called out of being a pastor of a church and began to give his life away to global missions and to outreach. Uh, the old man you saw in the video is my dad. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know if you caught the last name. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing what you begin to see happen when a perspective is changed and then somebody's life gets changed and then their life begins to change others. I remember in my early 20s, my dad sent me a text one day. from uh, He shared a passage of scripture from Isaiah 58, which says that we should bring the homeless poor into the house. He texted me and said, well, I didn't know how literal that was going to be for us because we have a woman moving into our basement who didn't have a home. I tell people jokingly with a smile on my face that I've seen people go through midlife crisis as a, as a pastor. A lot of times it involves buying a vehicle you can't afford and wearing clothes you shouldn't wear. My dad's midlife crisis was global missions. And, uh, and I mean that in the best way possible. Uh, and I'm very proud to be his son. Uh, and there's one of my favorite pictures of my dad is uh, from Uganda several years ago um, of him jump roping. I've never seen this man jump in my life, <laughs> but he got prompted to jump rope in Africa. See what, what happens, what happened to him and what happened to my family and what's happened to many of you is that when you begin to experience God's heart for others, his heart begins to form your heart. You begin to see others the way God sees others. You begin to see needs the way God sees needs and you are compelled to do something. See, God looks at the vastness of the world's population, people groups and tribes and tongues and languages and nations and backgrounds. He sees people near and far. It's important as we talk today that every principle that you hear about going around the world, it matters and applies to going across the room sometimes. But he sees people who are near and far and God's heart calls to them. Because he loves them. He loves everyone and he desires for everyone to hear about this love that he has for them. So he sends us. He sends you. He sends me. He sends us. And by us, I, I mean the church, not, not just 12 stone, though, though certainly 12 stone, but I mean the universal church made up of every follower of Christ. Once we are rescued and transformed, he sends us into the places that need him the most. The goal of a life in Christ is to win one more person to Christ. This is God's plan for the salvation of the world. Whether you're ready to embrace it or not, if you're a follower of Christ, you are God's plan to reach the world. People ask me as, as a pastor all the time. People want to know, hey, uh, what, hey, what does God have for my life? What's, what's my direction? What's my, my purpose? I once heard a pastor say it as simply as this. Before Jesus, the goal of your life is to find him. After Jesus... The goal of your life is to help others find him. It's simple, but powerful. 
And Jesus gives us some really clear understanding of what this means for us. He uses this word picture all throughout the New Testament. If you go read through the New Testament, you see this conversation around light, darkness. This is how Jesus explains our role in all of this in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. You, those of us who have chosen to say yes and follow him, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl because if the lamp is under the bowl, what good is it? It's not projecting its light. Instead, they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Hold on to those thoughts. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. And just to be clear where this light comes from, Jesus clarifies it in John chapter 12, starting in verse 46. He says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. What is the darkness? Let's talk about light and darkness for a moment. Spiritual darkness. It's when minds and eyes are blinded to the truth of Jesus. Because of sin, without the truth of Jesus, people perish. This is the darkness where there is no Jesus. There is no eternal life. Therefore, rescue is required for every person everywhere. And we see what the effects of darkness look like, don't we? We just watched a documentary about war. But the effects of darkness, war and rumors of war, shootings and hate and racism and division and anger and evil and not helping people in need. Like this is what darkness looks like and darkness is not hard to find. Summed up very simply, what we mean by darkness is the light of Christ is not there. But, but, but here's what the light is. The light is the, the good news of Jesus Christ. That Jesus has made a way out of the darkness. That God in his love and his glory and his power does not leave people in the darkness, but has made a way for light to pierce the darkness and for people to be saved. Namely, that God created us and loves us, but we have sinned. And our sin creates a chasm, a separation between us and God. And this is why we perish. This is what darkness is. Darkness is a separation between people and God. But Jesus, God in the flesh, comes to earth, lives perfectly. That is without sin. And because he didn't sin, he would not have died. But God in the flesh, Jesus, he chooses to go to the cross to die as if he was a sinner so that when we placed our faith in him, his death would count as if it was our death. And Jesus dies in our place to pay the penalty and the consequence of our sin. Everything wrong you've ever done, everything wrong anyone has ever done can be completely paid for by the cross of Jesus. And then on the third day after his death, we believe Jesus rose from the dead. And now everyone who places their faith in Jesus, we get the same invitation that there is resurrection and there is new life forever. This is the light. And if you know the light and if you have the light inside you, the light is also offering it to other people. 
We begin to share this news about who Jesus is and what Jesus offers. And then we see what the light overflows. The light overflows into compassion and life and joy and purpose. Fulfillment. See, everything that is the overflow of the light is the opposite of everything that is the overflow of darkness. And we have been given the light of Christ. You are the light of the world. What a statement to let your light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, 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 let it hide in under a bushel. No, no, I'm not going to do the whole song. I don't even know what a, what a bushel is, but that was the hand line. You have the light of Christ in you. And the bright light of Christ radiates out of everyone who has placed their faith in Jesus. We've been rescued by him. We've been transformed by him. And what happens is now there's an implication that it's not just about us. We got to go beyond us. And now we live with this conviction that we have to go into the dark places with the light of Christ. I want to demonstrate uh, with a flash shot. I'm going to be obvious for a moment. I'm going to ask you a simple question. <laughs> what is a flashlight designed to do? What is a flashlight designed to do? It is designed to light up the darkness. You see, it's so obvious that we, be, we've, we stop thinking about the implications of purpose. Namely this, a flashlight does not begin to fulfill its purpose until it is turned on in the dark. I turn it on in here with lights up in a fully lit room. Here's what we, we, we have to begin to kind of understand about the way light works, that adding light to light is not what a flashlight was intended to do. Adding light to this room does not fulfill the purpose of this flashlight because light only fulfills its purpose in the dark. Light only fulfills its purpose when it's applied to the dark. And, and before I, I, I take this where I'm sure you see where it's going, I, I want to take a risk for, for just a minute. I'm going to raise my hand on this as much as I'm, I'm challenging all of us. It seems to me that many Christians have become very content in allowing our light to only stay surrounded by more light. It seems that it's easy to drift into a life that is primarily concerned with building a life as a follower of Christ, surrounded by more light, surrounded by people who think like us, act like us, believe like us, raise their families like us. And, and, and I get it. I, I get why we would want to build a life only surrounded by more light. Because it's scary to live for Christ. It's scary at times to, 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 to share Jesus in a world of outrage and offense and finger pointing and villainizing. I understand that it's scary. So instead of going into the darkness with our light, what we do is we protect ourselves from the darkness by just surrounding ourselves with more light, like this flashlight in this room. Let me tell you, can I, like a caveat real quick? I, don't, don't get me wrong. We need to be recharged by the light of others. 
We need other followers of Jesus, our closest friends, to be uh, for encouragement and godly community. We need these moments in church today. Light needs other light to stay charged up. We need other Christians to help us love Jesus. But we also have to embrace the purpose of this light in this darkness is to actually, the purpose of light is to actually move in to the darkness. If the guys were to cut the, the lights in this room, you begin to see that even this little small flashlight is more than enough to begin to light up the darkness. It pierces the darkness with power. And some of you have thought, I don't know if I have what it takes to live for Christ. Can my light really pierce the darkness? And I'm here to encourage you today that if you have Christ in you, there is someone somewhere that is waiting on you to be the light in their darkness. You guys can turn the lights back up. Please hear the urging in my voice. Our faith is not a secret to be kept. Our faith is not a system to protect. Our faith is a light to be shined. It is good news to be proclaimed. You have the light of Christ in you. And like the men and women who love Jesus in Ukraine and Poland, let this light shine before others so that others can see. And if others can see, they would begin to see the glorious love of their father in heaven. So what do we need to do? Jesus' last words before he ascended to be with the Father are so clear. This is what he said in Matthew chapter 28. Therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I don't know to where you have been called to go. What I am confident of, if you are a follower of Christ, you have been called to go. You have the light of Christ in you, and there is darkness that God wants to use you to break up. So three steps today that you can engage with. The first, it's simple but important. You may just need to pray. You pray something like this. God, help me to see the world the way you see the world. And what are you asking of me? I'm going to say it again. You may need to pray. God, help me to see the world the way you see the world. And what are you asking of me? But then also you can give. It is by your kindness and generosity that we're, we're seeing the work of God around the world. When you give, and we're going to be able to collect pajamas coming up in, in December again for kids in foster care. Whenever we're going to give, we're going to have a few intentional moments of giving in December where we're just going to continue to give ourselves away as a church. When you give, you are literally fueling the mission of God around the world so you can participate by giving. But then also you can go. You can go, believe it or not. You can go on a trip with your church next year. 12 Stone is going on trips to Guatemala, Uganda, Kenya, Poland, and Brazil next year. There's an opportunity for you to go be the light around the world. So here's the simple step that you would take. Text global missions, two words, to 37748. Text global missions to 37748. What you're going to be invited into is to come to an interest meeting on November 19th at our Lawrenceville campus at 3 p.m. 
We're going to have a, an interest meeting. We're going to talk about what all it takes to go on a trip, all the things involved in preparation, because today was not a, a how sermon. Today is a what and a why. We want to encourage you, want to inspire you, but we know that we need to go on a journey of how. How do I share my faith? How do I live as a light in another country? If you're interested in doing that, text Global Missions to 37748. 37748, by the way, is the Holy Spirit's phone number, apparently. So text that. Fill out the form that says, count me in for November 19th. And we hope that hundreds of people come to this interest meeting to hear how you can be on a trip next year with your church to take the light of Christ around the world. And if you can't make that, there's another space where you can just fill out that you're interested in hearing more about, uh, about global missions. Church, I, I hope today that you are inspired. I hope that you're encouraged. I hope that there is a sense rattling around inside of you that you have to do something. So I want to invite pastors across campuses and 12 Stone Home to come up and they're going to pray. And I hope that you're praying in your seat those two things. God, help me to see the world the way you see the world. And what are you asking of me? Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.